You are listening to the 919 Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to telling the stories of the over 1.5 million people living within the Triangle. I'm your host, John Carter, and thank you so much for being patient for the content. Usually I try to publish one a week, but my wife and I were actually going on a trip of a lifetime to Africa. Uh, I had a limited time leading up to leaving. We were gone for about two weeks. Uh, Katie actually graduated over that time, and then she started work this week in RTB. So there's a lot going on, but wanted to give you a quick update. Um, so obviously went to Africa and had a blast. We went on safari. We went to uh, the coast, and actually the, the, the point of us going was uh, we were visiting with family. So I have some Kenyan family, and they won't be there forever. Uh, they're probably, I think, moving actually to another country here in a few months. So it was pretty special to be with them. But Katie and I were so surprised. You know, I was trying to do a little reconnaissance of um, how many people knew about uh, North Carolina. Hopefully, you know, there are a few people who knew about Raleigh or the Triangle. So um, we were really surprised of, one, how informed everyone was of American politics and the states, but a lot of people knew about North Carolina, and there were a few uh, who knew about the Triangle, and, you know, I, I was sure to, you know, evangelize uh, all about the the Triangle and how, how great Raleigh is in the area, uh, and Durham and Chapel Hill and RTP and everything, but it was a great time, and yeah, we, we had such a fun time, so thanks for being patient with the content. Uh, you can expect one a week. Uh, from here on out, as usual. And this week, actually, Patrick Woodson from the restaurant, brewery, flower shop, bookstore, brewery, Bavana, joined the pod to talk about his journey and, of course, the restaurant. Uh, as always, if you know someone who's making an impact in the triangle, tweet at me or Facebook me or email me at the919podcast at gmail.com. Actually, this episode was suggested by um, our very own Megan Spell. So I think we had done an episode <clears throat> about movies and you know our our monthly uh, movies and food restaurants uh, episode, and she had mentioned Brewery Bavana. I think about two months ago. So thank you, Megan. Um, again, I'm hanging out with Patrick Woodson. Let's get started. I'm here at the brewery location of Brewery Bravana with Patrick Woodson, the co-founder and head brewer. So, Patrick, thanks for being on the 919 Podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for coming down and talking to me. So, where are we? It smells like heaven. Uh, this is not where your customers eat, though. So, yeah, what's going uh, on? So, you know, Brewery Bravana itself uh, on Blunt Street, where we serve the food and the beer and our flowers and bookstore, Uh it says brewery on the name, um, and it is absolutely uh, a brewery. But where we actually produce the beer is just about a mile down the road in southeast Raleigh, right off of uh, Bloodworth Street in a very nondescript uh, warehouse space. Um, we uh, opened this, the restaurant with the intention of having a brewery there, but at the same time kind of stumbled upon this uh, wonderful warehouse location that allowed us to... Uh, open with a larger capacity to uh, brew a lot more styles of beer and be able to grow. So I uh, get to live in what I affectionately call my, my brewing cave down here. This uh, is great. 
Yeah, so this is this is basically my home. I don't uh, get to spend as much time with all of our wonderful guests up the road at the the restaurant space where we serve most of our beer. But um, but I this is you're you know, where I've, it begins. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's you know I I I'm working in my dream job, so I'm not complaining. So you give like the the vision. So we're sitting in the office, and it's there's glass windows, and we can over we can look out and see all the barrels of beer. Uh, yeah being made it's really so this is really nice and then there's you know downtown the garage doors and everything so yeah it's not a bad space uh it is hot in the summer but uh there's a there's a large cooler that has about 200 kegs in it all the time that you can always jump in which makes it yeah <laughs> not too bad all right so before we uh get into it uh patrick you had a, you had a beer you want to talk about right uh yeah absolutely we're uh I'm, I'm pretty excited. It's about to be Memorial Day weekend, and we have just started canning a lot more things, and we're canning one of my uh, favorite beers that we produce. Um, we've been open for over a year, just over a year now. And that first year, we produced over 67 styles. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I, I like to constantly be doing new things. It, it helps me uh, maintain focus somehow. Um, and one of my favorite things we did last summer is a beer called Piglet, um, which is a uh, French grisette, which is a uh, old um, style of beer that is very light, effervescent, um, slightly tart, and it's just a wonderful beer to drink mm. on the beach or you know in hot weather or um, in, or an office right or now. an office yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. which um, I it's it also is this lovely color. Uh, the the can itself is this lovely color pink in reference to little piglets. Um, <laughs> it's also funny to me we named it piglet. I'm gonna open this so we, you can nice. taste them. Yeah. Um, because one of our core beers that we do year round is called sow uh, is a reference to sowing a seed like planting. And because we're in North Carolina and we are the pork state, uh, everybody calls it sow in reference to pigs. So <laughs> I a subtle. Uh, joke that I made is we made a miniature version of the beer so and and are you it. a fan of uh, you know Christopher Robin and uh, uh, yeah yeah oh, okay. I am so, indeed um, so, so the double meaning yeah <laughs> absolutely and so we made a small version of it that we affectionately call Piglet awesome. um, so it is uh, something I'm really excited about for the summer it's a really delicious beer that uh, I think pairs well with beach time We'll, we'll clink this yeah. into the microphone. Very good. Awesome. Well, we'll t I can't wait to talk um, about beer and the restaurant itself and everything around that, but I want to hear more about you. So, um, yeah, what do listeners need to know about Patrick Woodson? So, <laughs> I'm not sure where to start. What <laughs> What's relevant? So, what's not? I don't know. Just, uh, you know, how? what's your journey to the Triangle? How did you get here? Yeah, um... So I actually, I'm from the Midwest. I grew up in Indiana, which is uh, uh, a, f a flyover state, as I like to flyover call it. Uh, there's a lot of corn, and it's flat. Um, <laughs> it was a wonderful place to grow up, but uh, I went to school there, and after I finished um, my graduate degree, which was specific to fermentation um, for... So you had, you had a bachelor's or master's? Uh, master's. Master's uh, in fermentation? Yeah, fermentation wow, engineering okay. focused on biofuel production, but um, wow. in that 
process, I fell in love with brewing beer, which is very similar things. Uh, it's just beer tends to taste a lot better. Um, so I always, you know, while in school was working in restaurants and breweries on the side for fun. Um, and that passion grew into a business. Uh, but I came to the triangle itself by way of uh, East Africa, which is probably a little different than most people. Um, I My family moved from Indiana to Raleigh, uh, maybe six, uh, probably about eight years ago. And in that uh, time frame, I had moved to Uganda, which is a small country in East Africa uh, with my wife and was serving as a Peace Corps volunteer and had a tremendous experience there. But that is like a whole other podcast that we could do. Um, <laughs> Next time, yeah. Yeah. And the long and short of it is I, I traveled afterwards. Uh, we took about six months to slowly make our way back to the U.S. and came to visit Raleigh for really one of the first times uh, see my family and quickly fell in love with the area where our plan originally was to move to uh, California. I was going to go back to school again, but we fell in love with the triangle within the first few weeks we were here. Um, and a big part of that was that uh, in our travels, we traveled through a tiny country in uh, Southeast Asia called Laos. Uh, and it was one of the best experiences of the 20 or so countries we went through. So when I landed in Raleigh and, you know, started to get to know the area the first few weeks we were staying here, my parents told me about this wonderful restaurant called Bidamanda, which is a Laotian restaurant. And at that time, it was one of the only ones in the U.S. And in my mind, I thought there's no way there's a little Laotian restaurant in, in a small town like Raleigh. Right, right. And uh, we went down there uh, and just had the most amazing experience. And I met Van, the owner, um, and we struck up a conversation. And here we are four years later as business partners uh, running a, a new venture. Wow. Um, so, it you know, it sounds like that all happened mm -hmm. real fast, but it was kind of, I think it, it speaks a lot to how fascinating Raleigh is as a whole and uh, diverse. And I quickly just fell in love with the area and we decided to plant our feet here. So I, I live in downtown Raleigh and have ever since uh, I got back from East Africa. Wow. So what real quick about the Peace Corps, like I, don't, I have one friend that actually uh, went into the Peace Corps, but you know, tell me about that decision and your wife was on board too. So that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, my wife's a pediatric nurse and was very into the idea from the beginning. So it, um, I think we were in a transition phase where, you know, I had finished school and she was working and we wanted to do something else and figure out what, what it is we were going to do in life. <laughs> yeah. And, um, honestly for me, Peace Corps was a tremendous experience because it taught me a lot of things that I didn't want to do. And it got me, way more involved in entrepreneurship. Um, I started a business there as a nonprofit, but with um, the locals I was working with. And uh, that experience taught me a lot about, you know, business development as a whole, yeah. um, but also just living in, in a totally know, different country. In a, yeah. Uh, we were basically on the border of South Sudan without power and water. Oh. I affectionately <laughs> call it our two year honeymoon without power and water. Um, <laughs> But uh, there's a lot of a lot of good life lessons uh, in that have paid off tremendously in terms of running a business now. And yeah, I often, no when things 
seem to go wrong, I just remind myself, at least I'm not on a 14-hour bus ride right. on a dirt road <laughs> trying to get to the yeah, capital. That doesn't sound too fun. So, no. And then, so you said on your way back, you were just traveling through Laos, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. we, uh, we took... But you fell in love. Yeah, we took the long way home and um, did a lot of traveling. Um, you know, after you've been a Peace Corps volunteer without power and water, you can really slum it through a lot of places. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and Laos is just this beautiful country that's kind of off the beaten path in terms of Southeast Asia and the cuisine there is just amazing so uh, I'm a huge food lover and um, and so clearly, you're in the right place yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, that experience just was kind of transcendent and that later I met uh, my business partners Van and Van Visa and and so, so right. walk me through that conversation. You you have this great meal, and you're super happy because you found something you were looking for. And then you talk to Owen, and you're like, "Hey, we should start a business together." Right? Yeah, it didn't. How does it, even it, it didn't happen like that. Um, I mean, it'd be great. I love the food. Let's start. Let's start a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it. It was more just um, uh, that we had had so many shared similar experiences. Uh, Van has traveled trem- uh, uh, quite a bit too, and we just struck up a friendship. And it turned out that we kind of were my wife and I were in a transition phase where we basically had rented a house for just a few months where we figured out what we were going to do next. Um, and he happened to live a few blocks from there, so oh, it was all okay. these serendipitous things. So we'd spend Sundays hanging out um, while I homebrewed beer again when I got back into brewing as soon as I got back. and. Um, over the course of a few years, we we talked about opening this business. In between, I you know I my wife got a job you know working at in Peds at Duke, and I started working um, at RTI in the Triangle, um, and we've really enjoyed those those jobs. Uh, and but secretly, I was always yearning to start this this other venture, and um, fortunately, it came to fruition several years later. Yeah. Wow, so so that brings us back to brewery, and it's Bavana. Bavana, yeah. And so, is that a, what kind of word is that? So it's it's uh, Sanskrit. Not brewery. Yeah, Bavana. yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, the amount of times I have to uh, spell what it out over the phone with for you know um, vendors we deal with. Uh, right. Bavana means uh, to cultivate in Sanskrit, which Sanskrit is a uh, you know a distinct ancient language that. Um, right. Uh, a lot of that stems from Bita Manda is also Sanskrit for mother and father, and Bita the restaurant is uh, in reference to Van Vanavisa's parents. Um, so we spent so much time thinking about names and trying to figure out um, what it would be, but we kept coming back to the notion that, and this I think goes along with what we created, uh, which is a what we were striving to create, which was basically a living room for Raleigh in which things like a bookstore and a flower shop and beer and, and food could all coexist. Um, and that really stemmed from a notion of us wanting to cultivate relationships. Uh, cultivation also is very relevant to how we brew our beer. Um, we harvest a lot of our yeast locally, which uh, is a cultivation in, in essence. And then we also, um, the way I, I brew beer a lot of it is in reverence to um, uh, old world style uh, in terms of the Belgian tradition um, of 
really focusing on farmhouse sales and things that are of the earth. So yeah. cultivate has multiple meanings to us. Um, so Bavana became the name, and uh, fortunately, it it has stuck. Um, we yeah. went through many iterations of different names, which I won't I won't share with you because they're far worse. No, but, what was the worst one? Oh, or a bad one. You have to share one. Oh uh, well, so for a long time, and I won't say it's the worst one, but we were plenty. Um, just that, plenty. Just plenty. Yeah. Okay. And at the same time... That's that, not horrible. No, it's not. It's not. Uh, but then that Plenty card, which I think is a credit card, came out. And oh, like, yeah, yeah. But that's not why we we decided to go a different direction. But that was one of them. Um, gotcha. Yeah. All right, so so when did um, Brewery Bavana open its doors? Uh, we opened in late March of 2017. So we're, oh, so I mean pretty pretty recently. Yeah, we're just over a year. Um, in fact, we just had our one-year anniversary um, several weeks ago, which was a, a fun week of celebrations where we went. We brewed eight new beers that we put into bottles and cans and went to a lot of our, um, our favorite uh, bottle shops around town and had these big parties because, uh, you know, as much as and I think this speaks volumes about the triangle and Raleigh as a whole, um, is, as wonderful as this year has been for us opening up and being busy and, and, you know, getting more beer out there, we wouldn't have been able to do it without a lot of the friendships that we garnered over the years. Um, and it took about four years to get the project off the ground. And a lot of that, uh, came through the help of friends such as, you know, Ashley Christensen, her really? restaurants and trophy brewing and full steam brewing and pony all the folks around here that, uh, just really are, are over the top friendly <clears throat> trying to make sure, you know, everybody else is successful. So, uh, we are very thankful for that. And, uh, it's a huge part of why we've had any amount of success. And that's what I was going to ask actually is, you know, I was going to say, what's it like opening a restaurant in such a, like, this is becoming a foodie destination? And I was going to ask you, it sounds like there is, like, is there a good community of you know, people helping each other? So Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I think that's another reason, you know, I met Van early on and, you know, I was talking about opening this business, but also just meeting so many other young people that are entrepreneurs that are making a go of very different things and finding success uh, is a huge reason why I was really drawn to the area and that the success of others doesn't seem to draw away from um, helping everybody else in the community try and do new things uh, so there's just well, so it's many good for the consumers <laughs> yeah great. It, great. yeah well that's that's good uh, that's, uh, but yeah there's just I you know I could list so many people that have been um, huge influences and uh, mentors to, to to us that you know I don't think you find that in a lot of other cities, right? Well, that's that's really good to hear. And then you you said uh, location is not the brewery, but the actual restaurant is on Blunt Street. And yeah. it's in more it's in more Square, right? Yep. So why why more Square? Uh, we actually you know more Square is super important to us um, as a neighborhood and community, uh, particularly Bitamanda is right next door. Um, we took over uh, Tiernanog, which is uh, was a, a you know was a staple of the Raleigh community for 25 years. So it was uh, sad to see Tiernanog shut down, but they shut down on their you know on their own terms. It was uh, a decision um, 
that they made and uh, they came to us and said, you know, we, we, you know, have the space. We know you're looking for a brewery location. Um, they didn't want to see it go to anybody outside of Raleigh. And they really believed in what our mission was, which is a, a huge, you know, huge, very flattering and a huge benefit to us because we were able to take over a, a, a large space that is in a great location. But Morris Square as a whole, I think, is developing um, and has evolved over the last few years in such a way that we're really excited to be part of that uh, conversation and try and create a positive impact. Um, and, you know, right now they're renovating Morris Square itself. Uh, there's a huge city project going on, so it's it's shut down, but uh, we're really excited to see what the city's doing with it and um, and, and be right there for it. That's awesome. All right, let's get into more of the nuts and bolts of the restaurant. So for people who don't know, this is a, a brewery, dim sum restaurant, uh, flower shop, uh, and bookstore. Okay? Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, and I always like to say that the fifth thing people don't realize is we secretly are really running a bakery in the back because... And a bakery, okay. okay. It, and the bakery is the dim sum. It's just everything we do is handmade, and there's a team of wonderful women back there that work constantly to hand roll all these beautiful um dim sum dishes and it's just never ending i was gonna ask actually before even talking about that so your team is -hmm. is your wife a co-owner or uh she's not she's she is the supporter okay yeah that's that's very important (laughs) and then um you are the co-owner so van would be the second co-owner and then and his sister as well so um Van and Visa own Bitamanda, and then the three of us together um, co-founded and operate Very cool. Bavana. And you have a sizable team now after a year? To yeah. Run, to, I mean, to run I, a restaurant and a brewery, that's a, that's a lot of staff. Yeah, so. I think we're up to 140. 140, um, wow. Which, had you told me that I would have that many employees a few years ago, I probably would have... Uh, Said no. I, I probably would have been very stressed about it. Um, but we have a an absolutely tremendous staff, which I think the pool of talent in Raleigh too is, is so strong that we're very fortunate. Um, and I think a lot of our success is a direct result of all the great people that we have, uh, working there. Um, and you know, it's a, those four elements of it, it, you know, I'm probably going to beat you to this question because we get it asked all the time, but (laughs) it's why those things. Um, and there really isn't an answer to that. There's a, there's no reason that that those things should coexist um but i think the beauty of it is that they do because we essentially just had a group of really good friends that we were inspired by and we're like well you know when we had the when we took over that space on blunt street we had all this room we're like well gotta do something with it yeah and it basically became this this blank slate and we just dreamed you know up, up all these different ideas and we're like yeah but we love we love Dina's flowers and we love, you know, we all love to read and we're like, how could we make this truly like a living room garden space, um, that all these things can coexist. And, and I think, uh, fortunately I like to say that there's no thread that really weaves them together. But, um, when we opened, we found that the Raleigh community as a whole, you know, came in and embraced it with open arms and, uh, it's a brewer, so you know I, I focus on the beer, and I have wonderful. There are wonderful people on the team that focus on the other elements, but 
it actually is interesting because I think it allows me to do more esoteric and uh, interesting beers with different ingredients because people almost are predisposed the second they get there to have to kind of be open-minded because there's so many things going on in one space. Nice. Well, let's get into each of those. So we'll start with the beer part, which by the way, I already finished, you know, part of my glass, but fantastic. Love the piglet. I I never thought I'd say it's a very interesting beer. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Um, So uh, tell me about Anchor Light. Uh, yeah, I so saw, that's I, I don't yeah I saw that on your website. I'm trying to yeah, and that's another cool thing that um, so the production brewery itself is part of a, a larger development called Anchor Light, in which we uh, we were one of the first tenants down here, but we're part of uh, basically three buildings that uh, house a number of different uh, makers and creators. So um, clearly, we're a brewery. Uh, right behind the brewery are about. I think up to about 40 artist studio spaces. Um, wow. And they do, you know, everything from painting to mixed media. Uh, there's a, a woodworking shop in here too, and uh, welders. So there's all kinds of really cool stuff. Um, and we increasingly are finding ways to coexist and, and try and, uh, this is like a cliche startup word but cross-pollinate and like you know be <laughs> cultivated yeah yeah exactly um but it's it's pretty cool because at any hour of the day there's so many different people floating around doing you know really interesting stuff right next to our barrel room uh there's a a studio not a, a actual studio space where uh they every weekend they're featuring different artists um and it's always really cool because we get to you know, supply beer, but then also get to see all of the really great work that's going on. Um, so it's a fun other aspect that we get to be part of. So, yeah. and uh, you make ten core beers, but more. Yeah, and that's for you have forty taps at the restaurant. Yeah, so we have um, which is a few. <laughs> yeah, I not I got, quite. Brewery, I, um, I got to basically build my dream bar, oh, okay. which um, I became more and more wild uh van um van <laughs> and 40. I, yeah van and i worked with uh clearscapes which is a local um architecture and design firm and that just did an absolutely phenomenal job uh helping us design the space and really executing our wildest dreams and i uh i designed this uh this large uh granite 40 tap beer wall and they helped us implement it which was awesome so the, our bar is very very long and so there are 40 taps but uh tap one and tap 21 are the same beer so they split line so we really only have 20 beers on at one time but that helps um with our bar staff because fortunately they're uh we we're busy and it uh we're able to get more beer out to the wonderful guests that come in there um, you go. So we do 10 core beers year-round. Uh, I say that ironically because we're one year in, but we've kept those same beers, uh, which you know some would call flagships. Uh, and then we have a provisional menu that's constantly rotating, and those are fun things that we are playing with and toying with. Piglet would be an example of it. Um, and then simultaneously, we are uh, bottling a lot of our sour beers, which... Uh, yeah, well, we're on a podcast, so you guys can't see this. Sorry, yeah, look, everyone. There's, <laughs> there's uh, there are over 170 wine barrels. Um, 
there's seven fooders. Wine barrels to hold the beer? Yeah. So it's barrel aged. Yeah, I do a lot of um, wine barrel aged uh, beer, which is unusual. Um, and it's um, kind of a method that is harkens back to traditional Belgian brewing. But also, uh, we do a number of bourbon barrel aged things. We have seven fooders, which fooders are these if you just think of a barrel but like extra 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 large we have that several. one in the corner is that yeah so okay that's a fooder yeah that held um <laughs> this, is, this is bad radio no one can see what <laughs> yeah sorry it's a large large oak tank I'll post um, a picture of it, yeah. that uh usually you'd find at wineries but we have lots of them here uh i have a uh what i like to call an oak addiction uh, i can't <laughs> seem to buy enough of it so now um as far as i know we have the largest uh oak um Oak barrel aged facility independently owned in North Carolina. Um, So we're operating at over 700 barrels worth of sour uh, oak aged beer. Yeah, a lot of, and there's not a whole lot of breweries that make sour beers, at least in the area. Yeah, it's. I mean, mean, you have Wicked Weeds, the big one, like Asheville. That's that's why I specifically mentioned independently owned. Okay, yeah. Because Wicked Weeds certainly has more, uh, but they're no longer independently owned. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the NC Beer guys taught me about that. There you go. But um, yeah, this is this actually, this piglet seems like it's on the edge of being a sour almost. It is. um, It is, in fact. It it has a lot to do with. (laughs) Yeah, with one of the fooders we have over there. Um, So. So yeah, you're you're spot on. Nice. So my palate's become slightly more refined. Yes, <laughs> you know your stuff. That's good. Um, awesome. Anything more about the beer? The beer part? Uh, I'm sure you could talk uh, more about it. But yeah, I mean, I could talk at length <laughs> about the beer for days. It would get really boring. I'm surprised. I think when I came in here, I mentioned to you like the volume of beer you're making. This is a big facility. Yeah, so. we um, we built this space with the intention of. Uh, being able to grow and sell more beer throughout the triangle Um, for better or worse we're very busy at the restaurant and um, most of our plans went out the door because all of our beers uh, about 90% of it goes to the restaurant and we are slowly trying to get more we're adding more tanks um, and we actually are building a another facility on the property um, in the next year that will help us increase um, and that's a whole other another podcast yeah that's so a, we have that's two, third, we have two yeah, podcasts <laughs> yeah exactly um awesome well let's talk about dim sum so i look this up this means touch the heart right yeah so is that also in that um the, the uh the language you mentioned what was it called yeah so i think um all the elements that we have at bavana there's somebody behind them that is very important to why we're doing it and dim sum is something that van and van visa grew up um in northern Laos, uh, eating, you know, often for breakfast, and it was very close to their heart, and something that they really thought, um, something that they really were, you know, invested in doing. And I don't believe there's another brewery that has dim sum. Is there? Uh, no, you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I think the second that we kind of let go and realized that we needed to do what was true to us was the moment that we were able to really wrap our head around um, what became Bavana. And uh, Van and Van Visa both, um, Dim Sum was so close to them that it's something that we focus on from uh, the get-go. And it is... Um, yeah, what, I was going to say, what is it? You know, what kind of food is Dim Sum? I, you know, my, my 
ridiculous way of explaining it is it's like Chinese tapas, um, small plates, but they're, I, in essence, um, they're things that are not meant to be overly spiced. Uh, it's more about the, the hand of the maker actually creating something the exact same day in and day out. Um, and so we have this wonderful team, um, led by Chef Chen that, sits back there and rolls out, you know, the same dough every day for our pork bows and our char siu bao and our shumai and all of them, you know, have basically different almost personalities to them, but you, you can sit there and eat a thousand of them if you have the time. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's very specific to, um, uh, to Van and Van Vies' upbringing and what they were really interested in. Gotcha. Um, I'm going to highlight one dish, and then you can tell me about some others that maybe you like a yeah. lot. But the scallion pancakes comes with uh, your finest, the finest bone marrow, which yeah. is a very odd dish. Uh, I've never, I don't think I've heard of anything like that. That so. one, uh, so most of what we do is... Is that um, a good representation? Of absolutely. Okay, it's, okay. it's actually my favorite dish. Okay, very good. Um, most of what we do is very... Um, very dim sum focused and not fusion whatsoever. It's uh, and that that dish is the one that's probably the most fusion um, because you're talking about scallion pancakes is very uh, traditional and they're delicious in their own right um, and those are handmade every day and I could eat thousands of them. <laughs> but then when you combine it with bone marrow, which bone marrow I think is has become a rage in a lot of different food scenes on its own uh it's almost like what kind butter. of bone marrow are we talking uh, <laughs> why well, are you hesitating <laughs> no I'm, I'm curious what you mean by that it's no, I, I mean, mean like, it's like is this it's not, obviously not human bone, bone marrow is this from a certain animal yeah or? yeah it's 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 uh cow bo- <laughs> okay. bone marrow yeah. cow bone marrow very good. yeah and how uh, do you, sorry and this is me i'm a procurement guy so like how do you go about you know, what's your supplier for this cow bone marrow? Uh, it's, it's easy. Uh, there are plenty of bone marrow suppliers out there. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, we do. We get we get ours through, uh, you know, a specific food supplier. But there's uh, okay. there's there's lots of them out there. You know, every part of. I don't want to gross a lot of people out, but you you can make food out of every part of an animal. Yeah. No. Okay. It's fair. Um, don't put it to waste. So. Yeah. But I think the the key to that dish for us is uh, the oxtail jam on top, which is um, uh, curried, so already getting way out of left field, uh, nothing to do with Chinese cuisine, um, and oxtail too. But the combination of them is uh, just phenomenal. I eat way too many of them. <laughs> Between that and the beer, I don't think I'll ever be skinny. So um, so what other dishes you know, would people... Uh, do people tend to gravitate towards? I am, uh, I, I'm absolutely in love with our bao buns. Um, I think they're the easiest entry level into understanding what dim sum is. Um, they're these, this beautiful fluffy, uh, dough that's steamed and inside you have basically a pocket of, uh, so our char siu bao is, uh, basically, a. uh, pork almost like Chinese barbecue with five spice that's wrapped in this beautiful steam bun um, wow. and we we sell lots and lots and lots of those um, that seems to be a favorite for sure gotcha. um, 
And then we also have traditional entrees. You know, we have general sow's chicken. We have uh, beef and longhorn peppers. Um, uh, and another thing I've really, one of my favorites is the uh, mofu pork tofu, which is a, a funny thing because it's got tofu in it, but it also has just an aggressive amount of pork because <laughs> tofu soaks up any flavor. Um, yeah. And why not pork? Yeah, why not? <clears throat> awesome. Uh, so let's move on to flowers and, and books. So, okay. As a listener, if you haven't visited the website, you need to just if you if you are a if you appreciate poetry, <laughs> I mean it's really yeah. well done. Like I, I feel like it's very like everything's very well written, which is a weird thing to say, but I mean you don't see that too often. So I'm gonna read actually a paragraph. Okay. Yeah. From just to give an example, it's from the uh, I think this is a flower. Yeah, it's a flower section. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. Flowers are evocative and emotional. Their language transcends words. He even changed his voice there. Through, <clears throat> through them, we learn to more deeply feel and express our joy, love, appreciation, and sorrow. Even the most common blossom can lift our spirits and dance on our hearts. Each one gently reminds us of our humanity, our own growth, our blooming, our wilting, our decay. In the shifting abundance of colors and colors of each season, we learn to celebrate growth and impermanence. So that's on the website, and that's just one of many, like, <laughs> That's a, that's a Dina really, quote. Yeah, I was really impressed with, uh, it was just really well written, so. Yeah, we. And maybe want to go even more, so. Well, I think, um, <laughs> I think that's indicative of the people we have behind each, uh, part of the, you know, the, the ever-growing organization. Um, Dina, our florist, is, uh, an incredibly impressive person. Um, I never thought. I would be inspired by a florist or watching somebody make an arrangement, but it happens constantly every time I see what she's doing. Um, actually, last a few weeks ago, you know, it was Mother's Day, and we turned the production brewery into basically a, a florist workshop where they were just cranking out all oh, these wow. beautiful bouquets. So it was a really cool moment to see us, uh, all the brewers on our team, running around doing what we do every day, but then in between just... Uh, a group of our employees making these beautiful bouquets and it Dang. just and in a lot of ways I think embodied the ridiculousness and wonderfulness of Bavana. Um, but yeah, I think uh, you know our our website and the experience itself is uh, very particular to the people that are behind it. So I think that's no, I why love there's, it. there's a lot of uh, very personal things there. And I think one thing we always talk about is um, hospitality is central to us we want people to feel um warm and embraced when they're there but we also uh believe very much in you know hoping that a little bit of empathy can come out of you know an experience yeah like being at bavana so i think that's why poetic i think is a nice way of of putting it because it is a lot of thought went into a lot of this so i mean obviously a lot of people come into the restaurant to eat but then do you have a lot of people that just come kind of come in and out for flowers or books they just kind of sit around now, it's not yeah. like Barnes Noble, they're not going to sit around forever and read a book, or is that, or is that the case? Like, you know, it's interesting, um, I, it depends on the, the day, but between the, our lunch menu goes from 11 to 2, and then the restaurant shuts down, but we stay open, the bar's open, the shop's open, so we find a lot of people that come in and actually have this beautiful long table in the middle that's made from um, uh, all Wake County uh, oak trees hmm. and a lot of people just sit there and work almost like it's a coffee shop or 
you know, read books from our community library in the back or something they purchased. And that's a really cool thing because it makes it feel more of a, a home in a lot of ways. Um, but then we also have people that will come in just for the beer. We have people that come in to grab uh, gifts, like such as books or get a bouquet. Um, my personal favorite is the brewers, the amount of uh, what we like to call so- sorry bouquets where uh, husbands will often come in and maybe drink one or two more than they were supposed to when they were supposed right. to be home hours ago and the, on the way out they grab a bouquet to, to make sure that they're not in <laughs> so trouble. So you're upselling them, that's smart, yeah. That's yeah I didn't say that, but, okay. you know. <laughs> and you can have your scale, of, you know, the bigger the bouquet, the more sorry that person is. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so you've had a lot of success uh, even the past year or so, but there's, I saw something, it, I saw something about uh, you guys being ranked on Forbes, is that right? Yeah, that okay, was... Okay, so tell um, me about that. I did remember right. That was... Uh, uh, it was super flattering, humbling, and totally unexpected. Uh, you know, I it also, I think, speaks, again, volumes about our staff itself. Um, we have been very lucky to be on a number of lists, and every time it happened, um, we didn't know it was going to happen... Um, and it usually coincided with somebody from uh, Forbes or some uh, you know Bon Appetit or something coming in and experiencing Bavana on their own, and us not having any clue that they were there. And then <laughs> we get this notification that hey, you're on this this new thing. The Forbes one kind of was mind blowing. So what was the Forbes one? You uh, it was is, is that the most notable one you've been on? You think I. Uh, I mean, well, it depends. Yeah, certainly the most nationally known. Okay, um, okay. I I would say I'm most uh, uh, proud of. Uh, we were nominated by the James Beard Foundation as best new restaurant in the U.S. Um, wow. As semifinalists, um, and that was a huge honor. No something kidding. that we couldn't have fathomed. Um, the Forbes one was uh, was. Was it best trying to brewery, you know, restaurant, flower shop, bookstore yes, exactly. combination? Yeah, okay. yeah. We were up against nobody else. <laughs> yeah, honorable, uh, honorable mention. <laughs> no, we that was um, best or cool. Well, Ten coolest places to eat in the world. Which wow, um, so go Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, that's, yeah that's we great. were. Which I think uh, to us it was really cool to be on that from the perspective of Raleigh. Really, you know, being featured because we're very. We're very proud of our town and the people that come in every day that allow us to do the things that we love to do. And, um, and yeah, we were on that list, and the only other person from the U.S. was out of L.A., so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, unexpected, too. We were canning that day, and I got a text from somebody that had seen it. I was like, I just didn't even know how to respond. Sweet. So I just <laughs> kept canning the beer. Yeah. Awesome. All right, well, we're nearing 40-something uh, minutes. Um, what's the future hold? Uh, who knows? Uh, <laughs> After a year, obviously, you know all the plans. And the, the I, I think uh, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Um, we're very excited about uh, everything that's happened thus far. I think we hope to get more beer throughout the triangle, um, and we are hoping to build a tap room uh, space down at the production brewery uh, where we are right now uh, to have another outlet for us to um, have people come and experience more of Bavana. Uh, so that's the plan right now. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Well, I think, uh, you know, 
obviously is awesome, really good small, small, but becoming a big business, uh, bigger business in uh, the triangle. So exciting to see that. Yeah, we well, we are excited to be here, and I think uh, the biggest thing for me is figuring out that Raleigh was really home all along, and that we're able to, you know, we're fortunate to have the community around us that comes in and supports us. So we're go Raleigh. That's all I have to say. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, Patrick, thanks for being on the nine one nine. Absolutely, thanks for having. Me. You just listen to Patrick Woodson talk about Brewery Bavana. You can follow them on Twitter at Brewery Bavana or check out their website. If you like the pod, let me know by leaving a five-star rating on iTunes and sharing with your friends. Thanks for listening.